Go with me to Matthew 9, verse 36. Matthew 9, verse 36. Say with me, hindrances. Hmm. But when he saw the multitudes, say with him, multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Say with him, compassion. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherds. The word compassion means splunkna. It is something that moves your... In fact, the scripture says in the Greek, it's a bowel movement. Meaning that your organs feels like it is moving around. For example, I can preach like this and I can walk around a crowd. And then suddenly I can just feel that when I look and I scan over the faces, I can say, but wait, that person there, they say pulling off the spirit there. And it feels, it comes from my gut feeling. I don't, I don't want to say gut feeling. It comes from my, it is, say with me, your knower. The river of the Holy Ghost, if you are filled with the Spirit, He speaks from here. He never speaks from here. He flows from here. Are you guys with me? Someone's belly is the entry point for the Spirit. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly. So you will feel when you minister like, but wait, even if you walk on the streets, if you are spiritual, you will just have a sense to say, I need to pray for this person. Or I need to pray for that one for healing. It will move your splunkna. But more than that, say with it, compassion. The key for miracles is compassion. I cannot pray for anybody for deliverance. I cannot pray for them for a miracle unless I love that person. Are you guys with me? This speaker here is, is bad. Uh, unless I cannot pray for somebody, unless compassion moves and drives me, if I do it without compassion, I fall into the category of Matthew 7 verse 21, where they said, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not worked miracles, laid hands on the sick and caused them to be healed in your name? Have we not prophesied in your name? Because without love, I will be a clanging symbol. Are you guys with me? And I want to give you, as we're going to go, so say with the compassion, say splunkna. When I have a lack of splunkna, there'll be a lack of deliverance. The Bible says deep calls out unto deep. Even when we pray for you tonight, there must be a spirit drawing unto spirit. Are you guys with me? Somebody can come and stand and pray. Or let's say they, 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 they're looking for prayer and they can just come and stand like this. What are you going to do? Squat, nothing. Because I'm not here to, to impress you. God is the one that will touch you. But you can limit God. If Jesus was limited, that he could not even lay hands in his own hometown. God in the flesh. And I call it the moment and the time when God could not do a miracle. He was unable to. Yes, He's all-sufficient. Yes, He's, he's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's all-powerful. He's, uh, he's self-sufficient. He does not need anything or anyone to sustain Him. Are you guys with me? He never breathes in. He only breathes out. 
That's why his name is Yahweh or Abraham. He only breathes out. He needs no life to sustain him back. He is self-sustaining. He is El Shaddai. He is the one that provides, the many-breasted one. Okay, so he is the life source. So, but yet when he came into the flesh, as Jesus the Christ, he was unable to do a miracle in his own hometown. Simply because, say with me, unbelief. Of someone's unbelief. Lack of faith. The Bible says that he made himself at home in us, in the book of Colossians, because of our faith. When I cast out a demon out of somebody, it is not a method, it is faith. It is not the name of Jesus. Somebody, I was trying to speak to somebody, a minister, uh, 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 that kind of like uh, disagreed a bit with me or they were clashing when I said, it's not the name of Jesus that cast out a spirit. You see, you even go silent, unless if it is my, my hearing. The Jewish exorcist says these words. They said, we cast you out by the name that Paul preaches, the name of Jesus. It is just put into that phrase, but they use the name of Jesus. Yet nothing happened because there wasn't substance behind that name. There wasn't a, a splunkness. So say with your faith, what stirs up this splunkness, this compassion inside of you? It is by faith. If I serve God without faith, my serving will be surface level. Nothing, it will be a clanging symbol. My words will be loud and it will not hit anything. Are you guys with me? So, so, so uh, re go through to Matthew chapter number 9 verse 36 again. Say with me, compassion. He was moved with compassion when he saw the crowds. I am moved of with compassion when we look and we see but wait there's a wave of deliverance a movement of deliverance that is coming into this nation and I said to you watch we have started it see how many people gonna follow through with this they might call it something else but you're gonna see deliverances take place all over are you guys with me Say with me, deliverance. And look, we've trained our people on one Saturday, I think about 50, or how many leaders? About around 50 leaders to cast out demons. You have just superseded 90% or went further than 90% of full-time ministers in this nation just by casting out a devil. It's that easy. Say with me, importation. I'm going to pray for people, especially those who came for tonight for importation. I'm not here. We're not here to just have you part of encounter. Uh, many of you have other churches you go to. Many of you have other networks you belong to. We just want to give you what God has given us. 
Are you guys with me? Just import you. That is it. And if you are hungry, knowing that we are not here, you know, we go to Pastor Stefan's church in, in Cape Town. Uh, I think we had 700 people there the last time. Did you not count? 600. Is it the same as here? Um, so it was, I think it was 600. I can't remember the last evening. Uh, but they have a much bigger building. And I'm very jealous of that. I think double the size than this one. Almost double the size than this one. Actually, it is double the size than this one. This one is 400 and something square meters, this auditorium. Your guys' one is 700 or 800, 800 square meters. So, uh, so, you know, we have to squash people in here. So they should actually get 1,100 if they sit like us now. But um, even when we go there, we had people coming from everywhere, from a lot of churches, a lot of churches. One big church they came from, and the pastor was so upset. I've never even met him in my life. They began to call them in this month and say that they should, they're not allowed to watch any of our stuff online. And I'm thinking, you know, we never want to take your members. They just come for a conference. If you are secure and who you are, they can come back blessed, or they can learn how to cast out demons. They learn how to minister. So we... Without our consent, without our desire, we have become a threat and we don't want to be a threat. We want to minister to people. But I understand how it is in South Africa. We just want to tell people that, uh, or those who are here, that, uh, you know, we are not here to take you. We just want to give you what God has given us. If he has shared deliverance with us and it began to erupt here, you know, I'm one of those ministers. I really, uh, I really hate control. I hate it because it's micromanage. Who in their life want to micromanage? Pastor Marie wants to micromanage. Uh, 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 I don't. Okay. And I get her to micromanage whatever I don't want to micromanage. But uh, no, 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 no. She's saying, you need that in your, I need that in my stuff. Otherwise they all will steal money from me and time. But, uh, 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 you know, I don't want to control people in the sense of, the mistake that a lot of soul leaders did, if I say soul leadership, you have David and Saul. And unfortunately in ministry, and especially in the nation of South Africa, Saul has come against David uh, a lot. And the moment you enter into a phase where Saul comes against you, he will be jealous and attack you for your entire life. Unless that soul who is going to potentially be a soul has the ability to stand back or step back and have people trained up. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Meaning if I, you know, if I was a sour, controlling, manipulative leader or a soul leadership, do you think I will let any of my leaders lay hands and minister to the people? No. I'll be so jealous and say, no, how can that one do it? How can this one do it? And you stop the move of God like that. There's a new wineskin. And the Bible says you cannot pour new wine into old wineskins. What's going to happen? It's going to erupt. It's going to break. The wineskins is going to break. So God has to wait till the wineskins die. He has to wait till Saul gets out of the way before he can lift up David. Hence, we have a delay of revival. 
Are you guys with me? There are people who withhold mantles. Then there are those who steal mantles. You have stolen mantles. You have mantles that are being withheld. You have moves of God that are being locked up by uh, custodians that refuse to give the keys to others. Let me, let me give you a scripture. Let me give you a scripture. And I'm just speaking, I'm just speaking now, uh, 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 I'm just speaking now of, uh, to give you prophetically kind of like what is going on right now. Uh, let me give you a scripture quickly. Go with me to, how can, how are those, go with me to Luke chapter number 11 verse 52. God has given and made certain individuals that are in ministry that carries moves of God, custodians. And He has given them the ability to bind and to loose by virtue of keys. And He has given them a placement and a responsibility in the realm of the Spirit where they can lock up areas or dimensions and people are unable to enter the dimension. Let me give you an example. If the leaders of the nation of South Africa decide and say, we don't want to embrace deliverance. I'm speaking now leaders of the church. People won't be able to be delivered in the church. Doesn't matter how much they cry out. Are you guys with me? Listen to this. Woe to you lawyers. That's got nothing to do with lawyers, by the way. Let's put, I'll read it, I'll read it now in another translation. For you have taken away, say with me, the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves. And those who were entering in, you hindered. Is that the next verse? Let me see what it says in the next verse. Now let's go one verse back. Put in the New Living Translation because now people think it's lawyers. It's got nothing to do with lawyers. It's the experts in the kingdom in the teaching area. Listen to this. What sorrows awaits you? Experts in religious laws. Let me change it. What sorrow awaits you? Apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. You who are trained and skilled in ministry that have been given the responsibility to plant churches or run networks or run ministry places. The church. For you remove the key to knowledge from the people and you don't enter the kingdom yourselves and you prevent others from entering into it. That means dimensions can be cut off from you. Because those who are custodians of revelation that has gone before you decide to hold it from you. Are you guys with me? There are keys in the kingdom. And maybe we're going to get into a series after the conference or on the keys. You have the key of knowledge. You have the keys of the kingdom. You have the keys of death, hell and the grave. You have the key of David. These are keys in the spirit that are given to somebody. What is keys? It is the ability to trust somebody with a dimension. And they have the ability to open up a room or they can decide to close it. They don't have to pray. They can just say, I'm opening it right now. Or they can say, I choose to close it. Go 
with you to Matthew chapter number 16, verse uh, 13. Let's see if it is there. Uh, next verse. Uh, put in the New King James for me here. I'm going to get to hindrances of deliverance right now, but I'm going to be very short on that because I want to pray and minister to some people here and then we're going to get into mass deliverance. Next verse. Next verse. So Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. And we understand, many of you will yeah, well, understand the context of this scripture. Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? They said, some say you are John the Baptist. Some say you are Elijah. But uh, he says, but who do you say that I am? He says, Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He got revelation immediately in that moment. Are you guys with me? Next verse. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bajona." For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He says, listen, Peter, you just received revelation. Flesh and blood. Say with me, flesh and blood. Could not have given it to you. Meaning you could not have written, you could not have read about this in a book. You couldn't have gone to a university to read about it. No teacher spoke to you about it. This is something that came directly from heaven to you. Which means that my Father has revealed this to you. He chose you by election. We cannot choose whom God uses. Are you guys with me? Peter was somebody that was a loud mouth, possibly swearing because of the trade that he was in. Before you say that I'm a false teacher. Because of the trade that he was in, they were swearing a lot. Okay. Uh, 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 he was hot-headed. He was rough. He said whatever was on his mind. Well, I didn't say he was swearing when he was with the disciples. So relax. He was swearing when he was backslidden, most probably, when he denied Christ three times. And uh, he went back into his old life for a moment. But listen, he says, you received revelation, but my Father who is in heaven gave it to you. Next verse. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Next, next verse. And I will give you the keys. Say with me, keys. Of the kingdom of heaven. How did this keys come? Say with me, revelation. You cannot get a key without having a revelation. Revelation comes by whom God chooses to give a key to. How does God choose me to give a key? My heart has to be in a right place. My heart has to be in a place of surrender. Are you guys with me? Have your, have your seats. Uh, give me that verse. So, so, and what, so he says this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So they are keys of the kingdom of heaven. And he said, these keys, Peter, will give you the power that whatever you bind on this earth will be bound in heaven. He said, I'll give you the power that you can choose what to permit and what to disallow on this earth. What to permit and what to deny on this earth. And as you choose to permit or disallow on the earth, heaven follows you. 
Heaven backs you up in the decision. But the decision is your decision to make. I trust you with keys. If I give Pastor Marie keys or Pastor Martin keys of the church here, that means I trust them to open and close it like they want. Are you guys with me? So say with you, Revelation. She says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you choose to say, Peter, heaven will back you up. Are you guys with me? Who gets revelation? Go with me to Matthew 13 verse 11. Is it this one? I haven't prepared for this. I'm just flowing. So I'm just looking for a scripture. Give me a second. Is it this one? Where it says the babes in. Uh... But I'll go to this one and get me that one. So go, let me read this one. So how do I say with you revelation? How do I get to a place of revelation? I know I touched on this previously, but just in the context of tonight. Because when it comes to deliverance, when it comes to yourself, you have the ability to allow or disallow, to bind or to loose what happens inside of you. Are you guys with me? In Kruger's Dorp, I'll open up the revelation. The Bible says that, that uh, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are a temple. And if you are a temple, your body is the temple. And then the scripture says your body is a house. And I'll open it up a little bit in Kruger's door from tomorrow into the night thereafter. If you have a house, you have rooms. And the scripture says the rooms of your heart. And if you have rooms, they are keys. Say with me, keys. keys. They are keys of the kingdom. But Jesus said, they were asking him, where is the kingdom? And he said, it's neither coming nor going. The kingdom of God is inside of you. Are you guys with me? So where is the kingdom? Say with me, inside. So if the keys of the kingdom has been given to us, it is there to lock and unlock things that are inside of us, to open up doors or to close doors inside of me. I can close a room and open a room. I can open rooms that are filled with darkness, that are filled with things, as I shared with you last night, a hidden door behind a wall where the finger of God pointed out the hidden door. It pointed out the hole in the room on the wall. Are you guys with me? Say with me, a hole. The finger of God is here to point out holes in our wall. And once Ezekiel opened it, he saw a door hidden behind the wall that he would not have seen unless God has pointed it out to him. And when he opened up the door, the Bible says there were wickedness, abominations, idolatries, and every creeping thing behind the door. So when I'm given keys of the kingdom, it is there to open up, to lock or to unlock things inside of me. Christ inside of me. Are you guys with me? Did you find it? Matthew eleven twenty five. Say with me, Revelation. I'm not going to. Oh, let me first read thirteen eleven. Keep it on thirteen eleven before I get to eleven twenty five. So he answered and said to them, "Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom." Say with me, given to you. So God chooses to whom He wants to give 
revelation. But to them it has not been given. There are some whom God has chosen not to have revelation. There's others who have. Go with me 11.25. Matthew 11.25. At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise. Say with me, the wise. The wise will never get revelation. Are you guys with me? The wise will never get. And the prudence you have hidden these things from. And you have revealed. Say with me, revealed. The word revealed there is revelation. You have apocalypto. It's apocalypsis. Given it a revealing, an opening up. You have given this revelation to the babes. To those who are innocent in heart, who are young and childlike. They don't know the rules or how to dot the I's or cross the T's. They don't know how to speak right or to dress right, but they receive Christ. They are still in a babe stage of Christ. They are still innocent and pure in their hearts. And he said, I've given the keys and revelation and mysteries to them. Are you guys with me? Say with me the innocent ones. There's a realm where you can be in the spirit, where you move in innocence and not in suspicion. Please let me be able to preach stuff that goes beyond surface level with you. Are you guys with me? There are those who can have an innocence in their heart or a suspicion. And the more religion creeps into you, you begin to lose your discernment and your innocence. And it is replaced by suspicion. And you begin to become suspicious about everybody. Or you become very spiritual. Or you come in here with the intellect mind. Uh, what are they doing here? You know, uh, what is this falling over? Or this praying? Or this prophesying? Your intellect mind is in enmity and in war against God. You cannot receive the things of the Spirit. For the cross is the message of, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are unsaved. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So when our mind in our intellect form, it is in, it is in contrast, it is in enmity, opposing God. Blinded by the God of this age. Blinded, the Bible says, by the God of this world. Because we try to work it on a humanistic intellect way, trying to listen. The things of the Spirit cannot be, cannot be, uh, uh, re, cannot be worked out. It cannot be reasoned out. There's no reason. Why, how does God work? How does a miracle work? If you can work it out, it's not a miracle. Sometimes people are too intelligent or too good to be used by God. They behave too much to be used by God. Are you guys with me? Too intellect, too smart, too wise. God says, I reveal it to the babes. Go with me to Mark chapter number 1 verse 15. Say with me, hindrances. So the first hindrance is lack of revelation. Say with me, lack of revelation. When I lose the innocence, which is a childlike faith, 
When I lose faith and I get into unbelief, I become no longer a babe. I uh, lose revelation. When I have a lack of revelation, it is the first hindrance. The second one, Mark 1 verse 15. And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Say with me, repent and believe in the gospel. There is a true repentance and there's a false repentance. A lot of people, a lot of Christians will operate in what we call a false repentance. It is the same as what Judas operated in. Go with me to Matthew 27 verse 3. So the second point, I'm just going to exaggerate a little bit on it. The second point is a lack of repentance. The second hindrance. So listen to this. Then Judas, his betrayer, which had betrayed him, put for me in uh, the King James Version. The King James Version. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. Say with me, repented himself. So we see that Judas repented. But we see that it is a different repentance. So the word when Judas repented, it is a Greek word, uh, 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 it is a Greek word, meta melonai, meta melonai, which means an emotional repentance. Uh, it is, for example, if I can put it in an image or a word, it is catching somebody out doing something wrong instead of them coming out of their own conviction to ask forgiveness. So when you catch them out, they apologize. But they apologize and repent because they have been caught out. So a lot of people become or have and carry an emotional repentance where when the Bible says repent and believe, it is the Greek word metanoia, which means an intellectual, willful decision that I make. Are you guys with me? Is it hot here or not? So, I'm sure it is hot. I'm sure you guys are lying. But uh, uh, it is a false repentance instead of a true repentance. It is a hindrance to deliverance. Are you guys with me? Let's go to hindrance number three. Go with me, put on the screen Matthew 14, verse 30. And I'm just giving you quickly just five points on hindrances. But when he saw the wind, now this is Peter walking on, or just before he walked on the water, but when he saw the wind, boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Say with me, cried out. The word cried out is krazo, which means that he went into a complete state of utter desperation. It is similar to blind Bartholomeus beginning to scream and say, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And he cried out from beyond the crowds where Jesus heard him, but he heard the depths of his cry. There are people that can have a, I need prayer. Or there can be those that has a desperation. Where everything that is inside of them, a utter uh, state of desperation that is inside of them, have the ability to cry out to God. So with me, desperation. A lack or a hindrance, the third hindrance is a lack of desperation. It is a lack of hunger. You can have Christians that will get you to the front and they're going to cry. And they'll put on a show. And I'm not saying everything is a show when we encounter God. 
But uh, you see them cry and put on a show and then they go back to their old lifestyle. And then they cry and they put on a show and then they go back to their old lifestyle. And then they wonder, but why am I not getting deliverance? Are you guys with me? Why am I not, uh, why am I not uh, getting ahead? And this is why I want to get to, get to uh, the next point. Go with me to... Go with me to Matthew chapter number 10, verse 36. Matthew 10, verse 36. Madam. Say with me, salt eyes. And I'm going to go beyond just salt eyes. I'm also going to touch on associations. Because wrong associations is a type of salt eye. It is a type of salt eye. So Jesus said, and a man's foes, shall be they of his own household. A man's foes shall be they of his own household. Speaking of a salt eye. Go with me to, go with me to 1 Samuel chapter number 18 verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter number 18 verse 1. Listen to this and I'm just explaining a salt eye. This is a hindrance to deliverance. We have tried to pray for somebody. And they'll have a soul tie with somebody else. And they just can't get delivered. Because the moment they leave the deliverance session, they come subservient to the other person again. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul. Now this is about David and Jonathan. I want you to listen to this. That the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. Say with me a soul tie. And Jonathan loved him. As his own soul. I'm going to show you what happens as a result of this. But let's carry on to verse 2. And Saul took him that day. And would let him go no more home to his father's house. Verse 3. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant. Because he loved him as his own soul. Verse 4. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him. And gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and his bow and his girdle. Let's, let's go to verse 5. And David went out wheresoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Just stop there. So, so David became or made a covenant and a pact with Jonathan. Jonathan gave him his armor and David gave Jonathan his armor. So David immediately began to receive what was Jonathan's inheritance. Are you guys with me? Because everything that was Jonathan's is David's. In a covenant, when you made a covenant, everything good is yours and everything bad is yours. The, my enemies will become your enemies. But my resources become your resources. Are you guys with me? So it says, David began to behave wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all. As uh, Saul's, of Saul's servants. So he was put over those who were in war because he was in a covenant with Jonathan. Let's go to 1 Samuel 20 verse 1. Look at what happens to Jonathan. As an obligation. 1 Samuel 20 verse 1. Listen to this. And David fled from Nahoth 
in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, what have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? Next verse. And he said unto him, God forbid you shall not die. Behold, my father will do nothing, either great or small, but that he will show it to me. And listen, and why should my father hide this thing from me? Is it not so? So Jonathan is saying, listen, whatever my father does to you, he must do to me. Let's go to verse 3. And David swore moreover and said, Thy father certainly knoweth. Put it in the New King James for me. I don't, know all, I don't like all this knoweth and, and thy. And, uh, put it in the New King James. I just read King James with certain words. Then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, uh, go on next verse. There is but a step between me and death. Next verse. So Jonathan said to David, whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. Now just, I want to stop there. Jonathan felt obligated to step in and help David because of a soul tie. Are you guys with me? Obligation is a form of witchcraft. You don't have any obligation unless it is to your family. And good civil manners, for example, to your work, to certain things that make social life go on. But when people get into soul ties with others, there's a subtle state of obligation where they feel obligated to do something without that person even saying anything. It's witchcraft. Are you guys with me? What is witchcraft? It is I make, we have, witch, we have manipulation, intimidation, control. I can make Rache do something without using words. It's called manipulation. Are you guys with me? Because if I have a soul tie, I can make him feel in bondage to me. It is a spiritual principle. So let's go to, let's go to, uh, Let's go to, to 1 Corinthians 6 verse 16. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 16. If they'll put it up or read me, read it here. Give me, give me a scripture or just give me three on your guys' phone. They're not switching on there. Let me put it for it here. Let me read it from you. I got it, yeah? 1 Corinthians 6 verse 16. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute, to a harlot, is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. I just hold on, I know this is, but I haven't slept with a prostitute, people will say. Say with me, spiritual transactions. The book of Corinthians says, if you sleep with a prostitute, you become one with her. So if that prostitute is called a prostitute, I sleep with her, I become a prostitute. 
I carry everything that she has. Say with me, soul ties. So the greatest soul tie in scripture is when two flesh becomes one. But we see how David and Jonathan were in a soul tie. David's enemies became Jonathan's enemies. Jonathan's enemies became David's enemies. But their resources became one another's resources as well. It is a spiritual principle. But people get defiled. So say with me, soul ties. But another hindrance that is connected to soul ties is associations. When we touch something, we are not supposed to be touching. Are you guys with me? When I touch, when I get into a place where I mix with associations, who I'm not supposed to be mixing with, it will hinder my deliverance. Go with me to, go with me to, uh, to 2 uh, Corinthians 6 verse 17. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17. Hmm. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Say with me, come out from among them. Meaning be separate from where things, where I've called you from. The moment you give your life to the Lord is the moment that God puts a distinction on you and say, I've pulled you out of the place where you were. It doesn't make you better than other people, but it makes you that you have the blood and they don't. That you are separate and called into separation. God, when He anoints things, and we went into it last night, that Moses was commanded to anoint every vessel in the temple seven times. And so we are vessels in the house. As we are anointed, we are set apart. Called out of the world. Are you guys with me? Israel came out of Egypt, but Egypt never came out of them. And they said when they came out, they said, listen, Moses, we don't want to serve under you because we have nothing to drink. We have nothing to eat. We are going three days without water. They get to a place called Mara where the waters are bitter. And then they said these words. They said, let us go back to Egypt where there's leeks and onions, where we were under bondage, but we at least had something to eat. Because their hearts were still at Egypt. Are you guys with me? And the Lord said, no, no, no. I'm going to take you 40 years in the wilderness to get Egypt out of you. To get this bitterness and the bondage that stayed within you. To get it out of you. And you'll have to go through a place where I'm testing you. Where I'm humbling you. Where there is nothing. You're in a wilderness. You'll be supernaturally fed. But you will not be taken into the promised land. Why? Because the place that God take as the promised land or set apart as Canaan requires somebody holy to enter into it. And when he looked at Israel, he says, in your hearts, you still carry bitterness because of the abuse you went through. And so when we look at the wilderness, God has deliverance for us. Are you guys with me? Go with me to 2 Tim 1 Timothy 5.22. 1 Timothy 5.22 Do not lay hands. Say with me, do not lay hands. Speedily. Now, I understand that this is not in the context of laying hands. What it is in the context here is actually appointing somebody into leadership. But I'm reading it to you allegorically 
this moment where it says, do not lay hands on anyone speedily, hastily. Nor share, say with me, nor share. In other people's sins, keep yourself pure. So, nor share in other people's sins is separate from the laying on of hands. I have the ability, by virtue of association, to share in the sins with others. Are you guys with me? Go through to 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. The screen is a bit slow there, guys. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Bad association corrupts. Go Luke 10 verse 4. I'm just going to go through a few verses just to get the point of associations. The point of touching. Meaning that many come for deliverance. And we have seen, I've seen, I mean, that is, this is my daily walk with Christians, where you will see people that are not really on fire, but they come for deliverance. And whether they get delivered or not, that is up to them, I, I don't know. They come for deliverance, and then there's still a worldly aspect stuck in them. And they just back into their old place, enjoying a worldly environment. Meaning that... Uh, 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 I get into a place where I'm serving God. I'm in the church. I cry out for deliverance. And then all of a sudden, I find myself back in the club where I was. And I'm dancing. And I'm smoking. Maybe I'm not smoking, but I'm drinking. But I'm enjoying this place where God was supposed to take me out. And I use it by saying, no, no, no. I need to be there. You know, don't be religious. And it keeps me in bondage. Because I am not separate I'm not in a place of holiness. And I'm not speaking of sin. Holiness means to be set apart in order to set others free. How can the blind lead the blind? How can those who are not delivered lead others to be delivered? Are you guys with me? So Luke 10 verse 4, Carry neither money bag, nor knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the way. So with you, greet no one. When Jesus sent his disciples out, he said, I'm sending you on a mission and a mandate and an assignment. And when you go out on this assignment, the anointing will be upon you. But you are to greet no one along the way. The moment you greet them, the anointing will be lost. When Elisha sent Gehazi out to say, take my stick, and go lay it on the dead boy. And he said, when you go and walk towards the dead boy, stretch yourself out on him, and he will be raised from the dead. And Gehazi goes, he takes the rod from the prophet Elisha, and he goes and lie on the dead boy and nothing happens. So is Elisha a false prophet? Because he said, if you stretch yourself out on the boy, he'll be raised from the dead. But Elisha gave him a command. He said, when you go there, Turn neither to your left or to your right to greet anyone. And if they greet you, you do not answer them back. You carry on to your mission, which tells me that Elisha must have greeted us, Egazi must have greeted somebody or spoken to somebody and violated the command. And the anointing was limited because he was living carelessly. Gehazi living carelessly, going after the king to look for money. When Elisha said, is it the time to receive money? 
it's not the time to receive money. Why did you go? My, did my spirit not go with you when you asked of the king for money? Are you guys with me? And Gehazi lived carelessly. So when we have a careless lifestyle, touching this, associating with this one, hugging this one, hugging that one, hugging this one, loving everybody in the world. Uh, when I say love, you understand associations, enjoying that fellowship where that is fulfilling me and not the presence of God. Deliverance will not be complete. It'll be a hindrance when we live carelessly. When you have the Holy Ghost, He will minister to you, He will tell you, don't watch that or don't be with that one. You know, so many times I will, I will, uh, you know, I have things, when you're in ministry, the Bible says that Jesus was led by the Spirit, not by everybody that came to Him. So when a lady came, the Seraphonician lady who needed deliverance for her daughter, she came to Jesus' disciples, they ignored her. She came to Jesus, He called her a dog, and He carried on walking. Until she touched on a something. First of all, He said, listen here, you are a dog. I'm not going to carry on. I'm going to carry on walking. The Bible says, in fact, his disciples ignored her. And then he says, listen, you are a dog. And then she answered him. And I'm just paraphrasing. So he called a woman a dog, the Jesus that you're serving. And uh, she, paraphr uh, she, she answered and she says, even the little dogs eat the crumbs off the table. In today's society, they'll say, the feminists will cry out. Complain, the LGBTQ community will go into riots. Uh, you know, all those men that are not in their place at home will manifest. The woman who wears the pants at home will manifest. With all due respect, God's order is violated. And we wonder why is the house and the family not blessed? Deliverance cannot work with you if your associations is still wrong. If you go back to the same place and the same people that you're hanging around with, you're opening up a door. Say with me, touching. Deliverance is for those who are saying, I want my hands to be clean. Go with me to, go with me to Luke 8 verse 46. Oh, no, no, go with me to, sorry, go with me to, let's go to uh, 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 Psalm 24 verse, Psalm 24 verse 1. Let me see. And I'm really just flowing. I'm not really going on my, on my notes. Psalm 24 verse 1. Go through to verse 2. Verse 3. Yeah. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in His holy place? Say with me, He who has clean hands and a pure heart. There are requirements when it comes to standing in the presence of God. There are requirements when it comes to whom God is saying, who can stand in my presence? Who can stand on my holy hill? Who can ascend into my holy hill? He who has pure hands. Say with me, pure hands. Listen, King David wanted to build a temple. And the Lord says, I will not allow you to build it. Because there's blood on your hands. So your son Solomon will build the temple. But you cannot because there's blood on your hands. Because as a king, he had blood on his hands. Are you guys with me? And because of that blood, because he touched something that he was not supposed to be touched, 
He was not allowed to build a house for God. Are you guys with me? Go with me to Job 22 verse 30. Job 22 verse 30. I'll kind of like close with this. He will even deliver one who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered. Say with me, by the purity of your hands. Just because you say, I live with hands that are pure and clean. You can bring deliverance to somebody that might not be innocent because of the purity of your hands. Which tells me the moment I take my hands, I lay it on somebody for healing or deliverance. My hands is required to be clean. Are you guys with me? Say with the purity. So the hindrance of deliverance is having wrong associations. Touching things I was not supposed to be touched. Another hindrance of deliverance. Say with me, pride. Those who humble themselves. Resist the devil and he will free. Humble yourselves under the grace of God. The moment I humble myself, Satan will flee. The last one, the last point. Say with you, wrong doctrine. If I've been taught that deliverance is not for Christians or Christians can't have demons, will be deceived. Because doctrine determines somebody's belief. Theology determines our methodology. It determines our conscience, believe it or not. So what convicts me in my conscience to watch something, for example, or not? Or speak to somebody or allow somebody? It is by what I've been taught and the doctrine that I've been raised up with. Affects my conscience. Are you guys with me? That is why it is important to be at a place where doctrine is pure. Where doctrine is clean. Stand free to your feet wherever you are. Just raise your hands to the Lord. And there are many watching online right now. I want you, those who are watching online, stretch out your hands towards the screen. And we're going to get into ministry and deliverance right now. I want this for the Lord to come into the place. Say with me, say, Heavenly Father, every hindrance to deliverance, remove it from me. Take it away. I choose not to hinder, not to resist. I want to challenge you as you are standing here with your hands raised. Live a life that is holy and pleasing to God. Hands that are clean. Don't be with associations or in a worldly place. The Bible says when I'm friends with the world, I'm in enmity towards God. It is not that we, that God think or that we should think of ourselves higher than uh, others or think of ourselves exclusive to those who are not saved. But He has saved you from a place that is rotten lifted you, clothed you with a new robe of righteousness, placed a ring of authority on your finger, placed sandals on your feet, and gave you a fatted calf 
to eat. He prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Meaning that you are royalty, you are kings and priests unto our God. There's something different about you. You must walk different, speak different. Everything, you have an inheritance that the world does not have. Are you guys with me? You have a royal inheritance that the world does not have. Everything about you is distinct. So just raise your hands to the Lord. Say with me, say Holy Spirit. Fill this place with the spirit of deliverance. Prophecy. Fill this place with a passion. Fill my heart with a first love for you. In Jesus' name, touch my life. Separate me from the world. Make me holy tonight. Put holiness upon me. I choose to serve you. I give my life and my heart to you. Give me the anointing. Empower my life to overcome sin, weaknesses, wrong associations. Anoint my life tonight in Jesus' mighty name.